Hi campers, I'm Anita. And I'm Shelby. And we are the Outlook Podcast. We're here to talk about all things wilderness in hopes of inspiring others to get out there and enjoy everything nature has to offer. Camp Outlook is a Kingston-based nonprofit whose mission is to make the wilderness accessible to youth through canoe trips and other backcountry outings. If spending the summer in a canoe in beautiful Algonquin Park sounds like something you'd enjoy, why not volunteer with Camp Outlook? For more info, go to www.campoutlook.ca. Today, we'd like to start off by welcoming our guest for this episode, Shayna Joran. Shayna was a past volunteer with Camp Outlook about 10 years ago now, but still has super strong ties to the organization. Thank you, Shayna, for coming in. We really appreciate you taking the time to be able to come in and speak with us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoy talking about all of my favorite things. <laughs> so I think to start off, um, if you could please just share with us how you first got involved in Camp Outlook. Camp Outlook is something I found in the summer I needed it the most. I was in this place where I had a lot of outdoor experience just by growing up in Bancroft, Ontario. And I was super passionate about being in the outdoors. I really wanted to go on canoe trips. I had financial barriers to going on canoe trips and I didn't have the experience I needed to work for a lot of camps. And then I walked by the sign for Camp Outlook and guess what? No experience is necessary. And so I got a bunch of free qualifications, but beyond that, I built a community around myself throughout those summers. And every summer is what the Camp Outlook staff makes it. So from there, I just became so attached to going back and seeing what it became every year. So that's how I got involved in Camp Outlook. Amazing. That's great to hear. And you talked a bit about the free qualifications that um, you got. Can you speak a bit more on that and what those entailed? Sure. I, the first summer, the most prominent qualification that made the largest impact on my outdoor skills and on my higher ability elsewhere was the Advanced Wilderness First Aid course with Steve Tripp. That course changed the way that I thought about time in the outdoors and about caring for others in the outdoors. But it was also really, really fun. We spent a whole weekend in Frontenac Park. We did some overnight first aid. We did some elongated scenarios to mimic being in the wilderness without an ambulance nearby. Um, and it was absolutely a great time. And I just fell in love with the way the camp did learning. The other qualification that took a lot of effort, but I absolutely love because I love time in the water, but we got the Bronze Cross training, which is mandatory for Camp Outlook trips. And every summer there were some people that struggled a little bit to pass, and that's okay. The team would just kind of work with them to get that qualification. So it's just just a really supportive environment. And there were other areas too where I was learning from all the people around me. The first summer there, we had about 24 staff living in the duplex mm-hmm. at 21 Nelson. So we had a huge community that was very, very intimate very quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they really helped to make you feel as prepared as you can for the camps. Did you feel kind of safe and ready when you started? A hundred percent. The biggest challenge in terms of feeling ready was honestly equipment quality. So anyone listening that has the funds, um, donate to Camp Outlook because (laughs) they rely on that for equipment quality. I knew what to do with it. I knew how to patch things. I knew how to repair things. Uh, We also learned route planning. I was so confident at route planning by the time we went. I knew exactly where I was going, what my goals were for each day, 
uh, when we wanted to be at site, what sites we were aiming for, what ones we were going to go to if they were full, when we were going to have each meal, um, and the freedom to apply those skills in a very creative way and have your own meal planning on trip and your own meal prep was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, no, it seems like you definitely learn a lot in that short period of training. How long is it? It's three to four weeks. Okay. So um, for me, the first summer it started May 23rd, I believe. Okay. So I was going back to residence. I had no place in between. Camp Outlook was absolutely perfect. We started May 23rd and the staff trip ran at the end of June. Okay. So there's also every year a staff trip, experienced staff lead those trips, um, new staff take turns leading days within those trips and practicing skills. Great. Yeah. And so you talked a bit about um, the duplex that all the staff lives in. Um, while you're training before you go out on your trips, and I think in between trips as well. Yes, okay. trip prep happens there. Yeah, so what was it like living in this house with a whole bunch of other individuals? I assume some you didn't know of. What was that experience like? A movie. <laughs> um, picture 24 driven individuals that share a common goal and have the most diverse backgrounds you can think of people that came from Scotland just to do outdoorsy stuff in Canada and found Camp wow. Outlook. Uh, people with a ton of outdoor skills experience in the outback in Australia coming to volunteer for Camp Outlook. A 19-year-old who's never been on water in any way coming from Taiwan to volunteer. It was one of the most enriching experiences I've ever had because everyone in the house wanted to be genuine. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the house genuinely cared about youth and their well-being. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the house wanted to keep learning to be their best self. It was like the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> it's also a lot of pressure and really tests your organizational and leadership skills. Uh, switching gears a bit, could you tell us more about the campers that are coming to Camp Outlook? That's a great question. We have campers that join us because they can't go to camps for other reasons. Mm -hmm. We also have the kids that have never been in the woods before. They either have behavioral, medication, or financial access reasons. A teacher recommends them for whatever reason. I think that so-and-so would benefit from time in the woods. We get a lot of campers directed to us through their classrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also get a lot of campers directed through counselors. Any non-parent adult can be uh, a referral for a camper to go to Camp Outlook. So we get a very wide variety of campers, and sometimes that leads into the funniest story ever. Do you want to hear the funniest story we ever? I would love to hear the funniest story ever. Sometimes the personalities can be very, <laughs> very different on a trip. As trip planners, we try, uh, when we're calling the campers, we try to organize them on trips that make sense. However, there was an instance where we couldn't do that. We barely had enough girls for a trip. We had an older girl who was significantly different in personality from three 14-year-old girls. So it went really interesting really fast. There was this whole thing where the younger girls thought that the older girl was using magic against them and was going to curse them, all sorts of things. Um, the older girl found this nice walking stick that she was carrying around, and the younger girls were like, that's her magic stick. 
we have to get rid of that magic stick. She's going to curse us. And they threw it in the lake. Now, the funny story part is they threw it into the wind. Mm -hmm. So it drifted back. And, oh, she used magic to bring it back. (laughs) But at the time, it wasn't as funny at the time because they were genuinely afraid. And we're like, how do we actually deal with this? Mm -hmm. We're in the woods. We have three girls who are genuinely afraid of a threat that's not real. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of the most interesting challenges of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But the drifting back part when it was they threw it into the wind that just got me (laughs) they were they were great kids they grew a lot on that trip Mm -hmm. both in their relationships with one another and with themselves yeah and some of them were return campers later on so that's really nice what do you think it is about outlook that you know is a catalyst for this change in these campers i think that It's the opportunity to be completely away from familiar pressures. You're with all new people in a setting where you really can't have privacy Mm -hmm. and where there are adults there who just genuinely care about you and are volunteering to be there with you. Just like process that for a second. The Mm -hmm. adults there aren't your parent. They're not related to you. They're not being paid to be there. Mm -hmm. They just want to be there in the woods with you. And I think that changes a lot of kids. So what does a typical canoe trip look like? Like, could you just describe what it would be like? The typical canoe trip, the staff prepare, they do the meal planning, they do the equipment prep, uh, the packing, the campers show up at the Camp Outlook house the morning of the trip. Uh, Campers are fed breakfast at the house typically. And then um, they all get on the bus. So then the bus leaves, then goes up to Algonquin Park. And then from there at the access point, usually that's on Opiongo Lake. That's the most common. But after Opiongo Lake, things get significantly quieter on trip. And then you are sort of entering the backcountry for real. You do your first little portage with the campers, pack everything up. The leaders carry the canoes campers carry their little turtle bags at the end everyone regroups maybe it's snack time maybe you do snack on the water by Mm -hmm. rafting the canoes together depends on the weather and the leaders and then you continue on to the next campsite and repeat all the food tastes good when you're working that hard (laughs) and when you're in the woods and then on the other end of the trip you end up really nostalgic and you don't want to leave the woods usually but I have one specific memory of the end of a trip. It was exceptionally hard. All the girls on the trip had been through so much very recently. And the trip was difficult socially between them, but it was more difficult in their relationships with themselves. So there was a lot of encouragement, a lot of going slow, but also just a lot of really deep, really hard conversations. Um... A lot of one-on-one time with specific campers but on the last day everyone sort of was calm for the first time Mm -hmm. we had the worst mosquitoes ever at that site when we arrived I was in tears like avoiding the bathroom just like crying I I had spent over 150 days canoe tripping at that point and I had never had mosquitoes so bad and then sunset neared and they disappeared just got so calm 
mm-hmm. and we all went for a swim. And two of the campers had had a water phobia at the beginning of the trip. No sign of it. We just all went for a swim. We all got out after the sun was setting. It was really beautiful. And that calm at the end of that trip made all of the work before it worth it. All of the tears, all of the sweat, all of the emotionally hard nights and 3 a.m. conversations, worth it. That's so great to hear and just the growth that can occur from like the beginning of a trip to the end of it. Um, a typical day in the life of a trip, just like quickly, what does that look like? Like, What time do you wake up at? What time do you settle camp at? For me, it depends whether it's a boy's trip where I know they have ADHD or whether it's a girl's trip. Okay. <laughs> um, so the boy's trip, I would plan a fuller day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make it more physically challenging. The girl's trip, I would leave more time for social bonding and conversations, at least in the early stages of trip, simply because coming from the social pressures they're coming from, some behaviors are ingrained, and uh, so I don't want them bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a typical boy's trip, I would have them on the water by like 6.30. Okay. So that we have enough time for enough physical activity and enough exploration and challenge before we get to dinner time and having to set up site. Mm-hmm. But I've had moments on boys' trips where we're all like, why are we up this early? Why are we on the water this early? And then we look out and there are just baby otters in between the waves. Mm-hmm. And those early mornings have actually been some of my favorites. Also, the energy of boys' trips... Nothing's made me grow more (laughs) and just learn how to be silly and roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. And nothing's made me understand why my mom used to pull the car over while we were fighting more. (laughs) Because I've pulled the canoe over. (laughs) Um, But the girls' trips, usually I'm on the water more around 8.39. And they're very into... They've been very into, like, making sure they have enough time for the card games, enough time for the one-on-one conversations to sneak away and get to know one -hmm. one another better on a more intimate level. Mm -hmm. And there have been girls that come away from trips as best friends. Mm -hmm. It's really cute. And I really like it when we have big enough tents that all the girls can share one tent. So there's no grouping happening. I would also make sure that, like, they have enough time to approach and talk to the adults one-on-one if they need it too um the boys i i've i've experienced tend to want to do that more like at night secretly Mm -hmm. you know but the girls are okay being like hey can i talk to you Mm one-on-one so we just leave opportunity throughout the day for that and then get good sleep i'm definitely more well rested on girls trips (laughs) but the staff are responsible for navigating and so are usually in the stern steering and each staff member has two campers that they're primarily responsible for while they're in their boat. It's a two to one ratio. You typically see some animals through the day. Down the otter slide route that I'm talking about um, being one of my favorites, you would be going down several rivers, um, which depending on the season can be really bad for bugs really great for moose Mm. moose everywhere once you get down through the otter slide you arrive at penn lake penn lake is where i've seen the most moose anywhere in the park Mm. i usually see four to six moose around penn lake in a single night there 
it can be scary though because I'm kind of sensitive to sounds and I can hear when animals walk across the site at night because I can hear the like ground the ground's mm-hmm. vibrating a little bit so I could hear moose crossing the site and it's like please nobody have to go to the bathroom when there's a <laughs> moose right there I've had a couple bears on sites too and for the most part it's been pretty wholesome so what is the food like there like what is a typical meal plan for a trip So it depends on the specific leaders, and because it's been a decade since I've done a full summer, I can't promise what someone's specific Mm -hmm. food is going to be like. But some of my favorite meals to prepare, um, and that are easy to prepare as uh, as trip foods, are mac and cheese with broccoli or with Mm. other vegetables. Um, We did like a dal and rice meal. Um, There was vegetarian um, shepherd's pie that we would do on trip typically a couple other variations of pasta dishes so it sounds a bit better than the normal university students <laughs> meal plan throughout the school year even for breakfast like lots of you know bagels oatmeal mm-hmm. stuff like that um, lunches also would be planned around Lunches are typically planned around bagels or wraps. It's like, is it a wrap day or a bagel day? (laughs) Oh, snacks. Uh, There's all kinds of baked goods that we have in a Camp Outlook recipe. There's one specific thing that's like, you you know, it's like 3,000 calories in one serving. (laughs) And you just save it for the worst day when everyone's having the worst time. And you're like, here you go. (laughs) And it's literally just like a brick of different types of sugars and nuts Mm -hmm. and whatnot um, cooked down together. But we would also do, like, banana bread. Okay. um, And anything you can do, like, beef it up, make it heavier, add protein Mm -hmm. when you're making it in the Camp Outlook kitchen ahead of time. Typically you do. So if, like, if you have a bunch of walnuts from Tara's that got donated, throw all those walnuts Mm -hmm. in there. And switching gears again a little bit, You've spoke a bit about some challenges you face as a trip leader. Does one come to mind as like your biggest challenge as a trip guide? And how do you think that helped you grow or did it help you grow um, to who you are now? There was one boys trip where my ability to be patient and my ability to play both completely changed in those nine days. I started very serious And that just, like, wasn't what any of them needed. Um, Campers refusing to take meds, campers running away, campers fighting with one another, finding sharp things, trying to jump off of high things. It was just a whole mess. I was not feeling as in control as I wanted to feel in terms of keeping them safe. I was considering evacing, like, just calling, calling it quits and getting out of the woods because I was worried that someone was going to get hurt. And then there was a day when they were just all refusing to carry things. And one of my other co-leaders was carrying everything. I came back from carrying one canoe on the portage. And he was carrying a canoe in three bags. And he'd already carried one canoe. And I was just so angry. I was just like, why? Why, when we're all in the woods right now, relying on one another to get to a place to have a comfy meal, are you making him do it all? I went through that emotion 
But then I realized they were tired too. They were tired the moment they refused. Mm -hmm. It was all a lot for them from the moment they got out there. And so I just picked up the rest of the stuff and kept going. And the amount of peace that I felt in understanding what was going on and in accepting it changed the way that I thought about patients. And also those campers, for the most part, stopped running away. After I was able to relax and feel that patience and calm and understanding, it opened up more opportunities for play, which then led to more connection, which led to a much easier trip. Mm -hmm. So as we like hit the Tim River, Tim River Day was a long day. There's, there are no campsites along it. So like, that's a day we knew we had to be on the water at five. Um, and the teamwork that I saw on that day was incredible. And it was a flip from prior when they were literally back paddling against us. But not anymore. Not after we started playing. So that was fun. Yeah, it really ties into that connection piece. Like if you can just find where the connection is, what they want. Sometimes it even just ties down to a conversation. Like what? how do you feel right now? What do you need? And like you said, whatever you can do to connect. <laughs> yeah, and I think for a lot of kids, they do need those boundaries and so it's kind of just you have to learn how to gauge each kid as an individual and respect what they need and what they're asking for even if it's not directly through words mm -hmm. and also it really helps to upfront make sure that all campers understand the parameters of what of what's different safety wise where you're going so that they understand why you're acting the way that you act because safety is a little bit stricter when you're going into the back country right yeah. like yeah sure i would typically let a 14 year old learn how to use an axe am mm -hmm. i gonna let a 14 year old use an axe they found on a campsite in the back country no no i'm not <laughs> so just making sure they understand that like hey a hospital is really far away this is kind of a weird question but if you could can you use the five senses to describe being on a trip? Honestly, the smell of rain comes to me. I've experienced a fair bit of rain on my trip in Algonquin, but not in a bad way. Rain mm -hmm. doesn't have to mean a miserable trip. Rain can mean making waterways throughout your campsite to keep your things dry and dancing in the rain in your swimsuits. Mm -hmm. Rain can mean swimming because you're all already wet anyways, as long as there's no sign of lightning. Mm -hmm. Hearing has layers. Mm -hmm. For sure. The first layer is the campers around you and the meaning and what they're communicating to one another. And beyond that, though, you start hearing things like the animals walking across your site at night. You start hearing the campers unzipping their tent to go pretend to be a bear in the woods and you know it's not a real bear but the other camper is getting scared anyways <laughs> you start hearing things like bears splashing around in the shoreline so that was really fun what about taste i know we already talked about food but salty everything tastes <laughs> saltier than you anticipate like you can put less salt in your meals and they're still the most satisfying, savory meals you've ever had. So the first time we met you, you shared with us your bear poem. Would you be able to recite that for us right now and really just let us know what was going on in your mind when you wrote it? Um, 
I wrote it when I was up near Algonquin and I was thinking about how much I missed my bear encounters mm-hmm. with Camp Outlook. Um, and then I looked out the window and just like had a similar one happen. Really? Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to capture this feeling mm-hmm. now. So I actually, I wrote it a few months ago. Just like, oh, like I remember the feeling of watching that. Yeah. Like almost 10 years after you've yeah. been on one of the trips. Okay. So it's called Barely and both, both spellings. I barely noticed the movement, the ripples, squinting at distant shadowed waves, beginning to see figures and shapes triple. Together in a row, one then another, they swam with purpose to cover. A lumbering body cloaked in dense dark fur, hauled up onto the twilight shore. Dripping autumn water, two cubs followed her, playfully across the sand to disappear. I barely saw them before they hid in fear. That's beautiful. Mm, it is very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I, I like to capture moments and sometimes, mm-hmm. like you're talking about, what you see here, all of that perceptual input affects what you feel in a moment. And if I can capture that, as well as some of that sensory input in a poem, then that's better than a picture to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I guess then to end off, do you, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone listening right now who's thinking of applying to be a volunteer trip guide without look? Be prepared to get attached to youth you might never see again mm-hmm. by watching them grow as people. When I'm thinking of it as memory, it's sort of helpful to think of that as um, sort of like your favorite TV show. You have characters, you watch their arc, mm-hmm. but now they're just, that's where you stop witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and speculating b- beyond that isn't really helpful. It just makes you nostalgic and miss people and want to check in with them. Mm-hmm. And you can't because there are ethical boundaries you can't check in with campers after but it's also important to know that they are going to push you to grow in ways you never thought possible and living with a group of people also going through the same thing and diligently planning for trips and making sure youth can go on trips um, will also make you grow in a whole different way spending time around kids in general makes you grow as a human but spending your time around youth at the age where they're trying to discover who they are does something different to you well thank you so much for coming in today Shana. it's been great hearing all about your stories and experiences from your time at camp outlook thank you very much for having me we had a blast chatting with Shana today and learning more about her experience volunteering with camp outlook It is truly a wonderful and influential experience, not only for the campers, but also for the volunteers. Thanks for joining us today, and happy paddling! As always, for more information on Camp Outlook and how you can apply to be a camper or to become a canoe trip leader, visit our website at campoutlook.ca.